Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour here on a Friday afternoon, the last day of May. We are into June tomorrow. It just flies by as we get closer to fantasy football season. It is draft season. I know for some people it may not be, but a lot of people doing best balls and dynasty. So we are in the draft season. And that brings me to May Madness because today is the last day. So you got nine hours remaining. To put down your $200 deposit if you're playing in the Fantasy Football World Championship. And, you know, many of you are. You're, you know you're going to play, so you might as well get in the deposit now. It's 200 bucks, and you don't even have to pick your day or time of the draft. Just head on over to playffwc.com and get in your deposit of 200 bucks. Reserve your spot, and you'll be entered into a drawing where the winner gets a free World Championship team valued at $1,795. So many of you play five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. So you don't even have to pay for all of them today. All you got to do is just put down a $200 deposit on one to make sure that you get into this drawing uh, for a potential free team. And it de- definitely help you save some money if you're playing in multiple leagues. Again, and we have the league prize of a possible winning $10,000. Just for your league prize, the $150,000 grand prize. And you can also do the draft live out in Vegas at the Palms. I'll be there. Dr. Roto will be there. Sean Childs will be there. First weekend of the NFL season. Uh, Usually I get out there on Thursday. We have a big draft that night after the football game. Uh, So it's a good time. We have fun. We Drink, eat, watch games, draft. It's a really a fun weekend. But uh, if you know you're going to play, make sure you get your deposit in there now uh, at playffwc.com. You could also find all my work at fulltimefantasy.com. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. Uh, my latest is a look at the fantasy baseball stock watch as uh, looking at players who are rising and falling and what you should do with them. Uh, sometimes uh, a good opportunity to buy low, others times sell high. Uh, so you can check that out now as well. And, of course, we got a lot of fantasy football content as uh, Sean Childs has well underway, probably about getting close to midway through his fantasy football in-depth team previews. The latest is a look at the Denver Broncos. So he is in the AFC West right now. Uh, Titans are up there as well. Uh, Dr. Otto has training camp questions looking at some of the team's latest, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Sean Childs will have his waiver wire article up this weekend for fantasy baseball. And always check that out because there's always uh, a lot of hidden gems in there. I remember last year he always said, like every week, when are the Royals going to call up Mondesi? Mondesi should be up. And if you 
took his advice and stashed him, obviously it worked out because he was a difference-making player down the stretch. And it's been great this year, too, even though he went in the third, fourth round and he cost you a little bit. Uh, I did see in the recent uh, NFBC second-chance drafts, his ADP was 10. So people were taking him in the first round. A lot of it due to the steals, but he's had a tremendous year. And I'll have my two-start pitching article, a look at that, uh, sometime tomorrow or Sunday. And uh, obviously, there's always a ton of updates that come with the rain and guys being pushed back. And, you know, that's the one difficult part. And, you know, I noticed, so, you know, a lot of teams don't announce their rotations for the later part of the week. Uh, they And, you know, we have to make a decision on what to do. So last week, you know, the Reds had the doubleheader on Monday where Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo both went. And I said, okay, one of them's going to throw two starts because I don't think they're going to skip any of their pitchers, and they obviously haven't. So who's it going to be? And it wasn't sure if it was Castillo or Gray. It turns out it's going to be Gray. Gray's going to get the start on Sunday, which means Luis Castillo gets a two-start next week. And I wonder if it has anything to do with giving Castillo a little extra rest because he hasn't been great lately. He struggled in that game on Monday. Gray's been pretty strong his last outings, but... Those are the tough calls is that sometimes we don't know what teams are going to do towards the end of the week. I think another scenario was Matt Boyd is the uh, Detroit had some I think two off days this week. So if they want, they could have brought back Boyd on a uh, regular rest uh, if, if they wanted to skip one of their crappy pitchers. And, um, you know, you just don't know what they're going to do at the beginning of the week and you kind of have to to guess because when you look at the probables, they're not out for like seven days in advance most of the time. So it's always tricky. I mean, again, Boyd's a guy that you're always going to have in your lineup, and Boyd is going on Sunday this week against Atlanta. So he does get the two-start week. But, you know, we didn't know that for sure at the beginning of the week. And, you know, sometimes it hurts. Uh, you know, again, Castillo's a guy, you're, he's in there every week regardless. Uh, Sonny Gray might be more of a borderline. I mean, I'm higher on Sonny Gray than a lot of other people, and he's been good this year. So uh, I had him in have him in a couple leagues. He was in my lineup for the week, and, you know, he gets a two-start week. It's with the borderline guys that you're streaming is where you're concerned about, you know, especially like Nick Pavetta was probably a tough guy because we weren't sure if he was going to get that second start, uh, depending on what he did on Tuesday. And it was a rough first inning. He gave up three runs in the first, settled down, got the win, and he is going to get a start this week, but it is against the Dodgers, so you don't feel great about that. But, um just keep that in mind that the two-star pitcher uh, can change uh, later in the week because, you know, sometimes we don't know what teams are going to do. But I do my best to give you the best information uh, at the time. So uh, you could check that out. And, of course, if you have any questions, you could ask them on the message boards, in the forums, anytime you want. And as well, uh, you can check out fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS in addition. Uh, let's take a look at some news right now. And uh, Joey Votto has returned to the lineup today. He missed uh, a couple days earlier on the week with a uh, hamstring injury, and you're always worried about that. Uh, but he is back in the lineup. Uh, you know, he played the first game of the doubleheader on Monday and then sat the rest of the week. Now, unfortunately, he comes back tonight uh, in a tough matchup against Patrick Corbin. But Votto was starting to hit a little bit uh, before he went down with injury. His teammate Eugenio Suarez is in the lineup tonight. He left Wednesday after he was hit on the left hand by a pitch. The x-rays were clean, and he is in the lineup tonight for the Reds. So good news there. And Luis Severino uh, played catch in the outfield today. 
Uh, so he was cleared earlier this week to resume a throwing program, and he's played catch a few times this week. But still, uh, it's, it's a ways to go for Severino, and uh, I'm sure teams are still holding on to him. Obviously, if you have an IL spot, it's easy. But you know, in an NFBC-style league where you don't, uh, it can be difficult depending on where you are. So I do have him. I've been holding on to him and just hoping to stay in the mix and so far have survived where I haven't sunk. Uh, and it would be nice to get him back, although uh, Mike Clevenger is up first. And uh, Clevenger looks like uh, he's progressing nicely. He's not eligible to return until June 7th, but he's certainly looking good right now. Uh, a pitcher that I've been talking about a lot this year, and it's Hinjin Ryu. And I'd actually be buying high on this guy right now. And I know it might be crazy because he can't it's going to be difficult to sustain this, but if there's someone out there who is selling on him because they're worried about the injury and they're really not asking for that much, uh, I would be looking to acquire him right now. And it sounds very crazy to say, but this guy is just dominant. Uh, 73 innings he's thrown this year. He threw 82 and a third last year and 126 and two thirds in 2017. And he does have a history of injuries with the shoulder. He was already on the injured list this year with a groin injury. And he missed a significant time of the season last year with the groin. But uh, he's just filthy right now. And even though some of his underlying numbers are a little fortunate, I mean, he's got a 92.9% strand rate. So clearly, that's not going to continue. He has a 253 batting average of balls in play. His career marks 297. But if you just watch him, he doesn't walk anyone. And he's not walking anyone, and he's not allowing home runs. He's allowed six home runs in 73 innings. He's issued five walks on the season. Five walks in 73 innings. He's got 69 strikeouts, a 0.81 whip. He allows a ton of uh, ground balls. I mean, he's just been dominant this year. So I just still feel like no matter what he does, there's this thought that, oh, he's going to get hurt. Oh, it's not going to continue. And if you can find that owner who believes that and you can get him, uh, I would do it. And you might look back and get him, and then he gets hurt and be like, oh, I should have known. Uh, so there is definitely risk with him. But in the state of pitching today, with as bad as it's been, Ryu has just been dominant. And even last night where he didn't get the run support, he still uh, got it done and got a victory against the Mets. I mean, this was a one nothing game going to the eighth inning. He went seven and two-thirds. Kenley Jansen came in to get the four-out save. Rio is eight and one with a one point four eight ERA. Last year he was seven and three with a one point nine seven ERA over eighty two in a third inning. So this has been going on for one hundred fifty five in a third innings now, where he's just been uh, a dominant pitcher. And you know I have him in like three or four leagues, and I was just thinking like, okay, what am I going to give up if and no one's sending me an offer for him either, which is a little. I don't know. I figure someone might try and get him for cheap. Because, again, you ask anyone about Hinjin Ryu, oh, he always gets hurt. I'm just going to enjoy this because I drafted him, you know, 12th, 13th round, got him in an auction. I don't even remember how much he cost, but uh, I I had him ranked uh, pretty high. I don't know if I had – probably in the 40s for starting pitcher. And even as I looked at him, I'm like, damn, that's kind of high. And, you know, and I know a lot of people do this with Rich Hill and – I'm not as optimistic on Rich Hill as the other people. And Rich Hill's been dominant when he starts. This is Rich Hill's older. He's 39. It's blisters. It's always something with him. Um, so maybe 
I should have the same mentality there with a guy like Rich Hill, but I had uh, Ryu ranked higher than Hill. Uh, and again, Hill's been really good this year. His problem is he, he has allowed home runs. But if I can get Ryu right now, uh, I would trade for him. I know it sounds crazy, but I would do it. Uh, Carlos Carrasco with another bad start yesterday. And, you know, I thought he would have a better outing against the White Sox, a team that he's fared very well against this year. And, you know, a lot of people are starting to ask about Carrasco, like what to do with him right now. I have him in two leagues. One is Tout Wars. One is the uh, online championship for the NFBC. And, you know, I just continue to roll him out there. Again, When you're even in a 12-team league, I mean, where are you going to find the pitching? On the waiver wire. And on 12s, there's some. But, you know, again, the biggest problem for Carrasco right now is home runs. Like, everything else looks pretty good. I mean, he should be better than what he's doing. This is a guy that's had an ERA of 3.38 or fewer three straight years. Uh, after having some injuries early in his career, he's been pretty durable. He's got at least 192 innings in uh, three of the last four years. You know, the strikeouts are still there. Uh, the walks are low. He's got a... 28.7% strikeout rate, 4% walk rate, which is really good. Uh, and but a 1.31 whip. Uh, he's been he's been hittable. That's the biggest problem right now. Is he's given up a lot of hits, and he's given up a lot of hard contact. So that's my biggest concern for him. I mean, the velocity is about the same. He's never had a plus fastball, uh, so he needs those secondary pitches to work. But uh, he's still getting a lot of swings and misses, 13.7% swinging strike rate, which is down from last year's 15.3, but it's higher than the 13.4 he had in 2017. Uh, so the biggest concern is the hard contact, a lot of hard contact off him right now. But the strikeouts there, walks are there uh, at a good rate. So he is someone that I would be patient with. And if I could get him at a low price, uh, I might send an offer for him because, uh, again, I think his owner is very frustrated right now. Jorge Soler at his 14th home run yesterday. And before the year, I said, people are forgetting about Jorge Soler. He was buried. I got him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Um, got him in a, another league or two. But he was someone that was definitely on my radar in that like 20th round area of 15-team leagues. Soler was someone I liked last year, and he got off to the good start. Then he got hurt, and he missed most of the season. So I think people just forgot. And also, I guess people looked and said, well, he's on the Royals. They're not that good. And, you know, I think right now that top six for the Royals is pretty good. Nicky Lopez, Merrifield, Mondesi, Soler, Gordon, uh, Hunter Dozier, who did leave yesterday's game with an injury, like a back rib injury. Uh, he is day-to-day. -day. Let's hope that's not too bad because I do have him. Now, Soler definitely has his flaws. He strikes out a ton, and he's not walking as much as he did in the past. But 245 average, as we talked about earlier with a guy like Volgaback, is just not a problem nowadays. I mean, average is down across baseball anyway. So 245 is not that bad. He had 265 last year in 61 games, though it was accompanied by a 340 batting average of balls in play. But this guy has 14 homers, 39 RBIs. Uh, so he's going to give you the power in the RBIs, and you didn't pay much for him at all. So uh, Soler, definitely worth having on your team, you know, 40% fly ball rate and uh, definitely hitting the ball very hard, so a nice start for him. Uh, we also had uh, a good performance yesterday, a uh, bad performance for Martin Perez, and, uh, you know, a little concerning because the velocity is down. 
Uh, two and two-thirds innings yesterday, six earned runs. Now his ERA is 3.71. So he's definitely given you more than what you had hoped for. And, uh, you know, we saw him add the cutter and the velocity. But it bears watching to see what he does his next couple outings because uh, did see that the velocity is down just a bit. And I think that was a little bit responsible for his uptick. And, you know, that walk rate, again, is creeping up. And uh, that was something that he had cut down on earlier in the first few starts, and now it's back up 10.7% walk rate, and now his whip's at 1.40. So all of a sudden, you're feeling good about Perez, and now a couple bad starts. But let's see how he gets through it over his next couple starts, see what the velocity is. Uh, you're not giving up on him just yet, but uh, before he takes that next step where you feel comfortable starting him every time out, we need to see a little bit more consistency. When we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs of Full-Time Fantasy. We'll talk baseball with him. That is ahead right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check us out, fulltimefantasy.com. In-depth team outlooks for fantasy football from Sean Childs. Latest look at the Denver Broncos. Got my two-star pitcher article coming out this weekend. In addition, the Stockwatch article is there. And if you have any questions, you can ask them on the message boards and forums. Don't forget, last day of May Madness, put down your $200 deposit today at playffwc.com. If you do that, you'll be entered into a drawing where the winner gets a free entry into the World Championship. So check that out today. Joining me now, it is Sean Childs from Full-Time Fantasy. Sean, how are you today? I'm doing all right myself. Uh, pretty good. 
I know you're very busy right now uh, churning out these fantasy football outlooks. So today you got the Denver Broncos. So we're going to talk mostly baseball, but give me something that stood out about the Broncos when you did their team outlook. Uh, you know, it's just interesting, you know, that, you know, last year that their, their defense kind of failed and, you know, they were good against the run two years ago and their past, you know, had some good cornerbacks and stuff. And they just didn't gel last year and they kind of regressed overall. And, uh, you know, they want kind of a team that wants to run the ball and, uh, they, you know, their, their corner, uh, their wide receivers are, you know, Sutton needs to develop and Sanders is, a, you know, a, a good player, but, you know, you have Flacco's just kind of a, you know, settled into like a game manager doesn't pass for over 4,000 yards in many seasons. So, you know, Denver wants to play good defense and uh, keep game scoring line and run the ball. And Philip Lindsay ran the ball well, but, you know, Freeman is still a decent player that could get in the way. So it would be interesting to, you know, to break down, you know, their, you know, the splits of the running backs and, you know, how it comes out this year. And I know Lindsay will get respected based on what he does, but, you know, will he get overdrafted? You know, maybe Freeman ends up being a value this year. So, uh, interesting team, but, you know, not a lot of excitement overall for, like, the fantasy perspective for me. All right, let's talk some baseball. And right now, the Red Sox have had major issues in their bullpen. I mean, Matt Barnes seems to be the best arm, but they're using him in some high-leverage situations, whether it's the 7th or the 8th. We see Marcus Walden get a save recently, Workman, uh, Brazira has not been that good. Who do you think winds up with the most saves here? And, like, who are the guys would you roster out of this bullpen right now? Um, maybe Barnes and Walden. I mean, it was disappointing that game against Cleveland that, you know, Barnes threw 12 pitches and, uh, you know, they didn't even get him a ch- give him a chance in the ninth inning and they switched to uh, to Brazier and he blew up the game. I know uh, Walden struggled in that game as well, but he had been pretty good. So, you know, Barnes, you know, they got to define the roles. I think the manager even kind of over, you know, managed the game thinking like he's preparing for the Yankees when they got to win the game in hand. So, uh, I thought that was a you know bad showing in you know in all fronts uh, in that game, but overall they needed to get the fine roles. You know, you know Barnes be the ninth inning guy. You know, they, I think they try to match him up with a middle of the lineup, but you know that's just uh, you know just not how things should be done. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, prospects called up and people spend a lot of fab money, but one guy was really crushing it in the minors. We've already seen him at the major league level, so he could even be available in NFBC teams if he was dropped. Luis. Urias from San Diego. It's not like Ian Kinsler is tearing it up. Uh, is Urias someone you would be stashing now? And how long do you think it is before he gets the call? Yeah, I would imagine it's a couple of weeks. I mean, if I had if I have bench spots and I have a problem at second base, I, I would I would love the roster. I just got to clear, you know, call up uh, Kyle Tucker so I can use him, so I can free up a bench spot there. You know, one other spot I'm carrying. Shot in a lot of the high dollar leagues, but um, you know, just uh, if you have any injuries and you, if you carry any prospects, it, it makes it really tough to manage rosters. But you know, Urias is a guy that definitely should be interested in. You know, you a lot of people are still holding Kyle Tucker, and I think people felt okay with Springer out, Correa out. Maybe he gets the call now. Now, when the outfield, they obviously wanted a center fielder, which is why Fisher was called up. How? What do you think Houston is doing? Like, what are they waiting for here with Kyle Tucker? Uh, Maybe just trying to get get that extra year eligibility. I mean, they're really kind of reeling out a strong, I mean, a a weak uh, DH option, and maybe they, you know, he's you know part of a you know a a trade, you know, to you know get a pitcher down the road. So uh, it's it's interesting that they got two really really good hitters that could help at the major level, and they're keeping them down. So I expect one of the two has to be 
up here in early June and then, you know, see, see what happens, you know, if, if it's Tucker or, or Alvarez. But, you know, Houston has dynamic prospects, but unfortunately their injuries happened in the infield instead of the outfield this year. Would you be picking up a Ledmus Diaz? I know he's on the injured list. It seems like his hamstring is not that serious. I think he's eligible to be activated next week. Uh, would you take the shot? Because when he is healthy, he should get playing time with Correa out four to six weeks, Altuve out another few weeks. So I guess it also depends on like you know your bench options and how many injuries you have. But would Diaz be looking as a pickup for you this week? Uh, yeah, uh, I had him in, you know, when he, uh, L2B got hurt before and I caught a nice half and we got him before he, uh, Diaz got hurt. And I do have Correa in a couple of teams, but, you know, I do have an extra shortstop and I will be looking for at least, a, you know, one cover in one league. So Diaz, would, you know, the natural uh, thing would be to get the guy that's replacing the guy in the starting lineup tends to be pretty good. And Diaz seemed like he was moving in the right direction. So uh, he's in he should be a, a viable cover, but he, and he probably won't cost a ton of money because he doesn't have name value, even though he's starting to come on a little bit. As someone who has Correa, you know, the guy's 24 years old. He played 110, 109 games the last two years due to injuries. Another injury this year, whether you believe it's from a massage or not, I would have to think that it's the truth. Because why would you come up with that excuse? Because that makes you look bad. I mean, people are already making fun of him. So I got to think it's real because – you got to come up with a better excuse than that if you're making something up, right? Yeah, we don't have to. We don't want to see the video on this one. <laughs> but does so you you were a Correa guy? I'm assuming coming to the year since you have a couple shares. Does this change your perspective on him at all? Because this could be now three years in a row that he doesn't reach 120 games, and he's 24 years old, and we know the context and the team lineup. Does this change your perspective on him at all for next season, or do you say, you know what? Maybe he drops another round or two, drops a few dollars, and he's still a good buy. Hello? Yeah, sure. We got you. Uh, okay, all right. Sorry, sorry. Cut out for a second there. Um, no, I mean, he's a talented player. It's frustrating. I've owned him in a, you know, probably three straight years in the high stakes market. He owns a, owns a ton of money, but you know his upside, but, you know, he just. You know, he has to stay healthy and has to be productive, and now you have to price that into his value going forward. So, you know, this year in auctions in the high stakes market, it was $22. I thought that was fairly priced, and realistically, in the six weeks, it probably still still okay. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's frustrating. And, and what's probably on top of it is that the short shot position in general has been more productive, so you don't really have to fight for career anymore. You know, you can just say, yeah, I can take somebody that's going to stay healthy rather than take this guy that keeps uh, – you know, missing games each year and an underperforming what we thought he would be. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him at fulltimefantasy.com. Where were you on Josh Bell this year? Do you have any shares in, man, how do you explain this? Because the guy just keeps crushing. I have Josh Bell on every high-dollar league team that I have. Um, I think more so, um, I went back and I reread the projections and I, I really thought his, his approach improved last year, but he lost the power that he showed two years ago. So I thought the power was going to rebound, and he got a chance to, you know, hit 300. So I thought he was a really good target. And the write-up, you know, was, you know, 280-plus, you know, 2080 type of guy. But when you did the projections and you did his five-ball rates and his strikeout rates and stuff like that, he he showed in you know, the projections that we put out at our site that he was a, a really good value from 13th to 15th round at first base. And I know other people have had success with Boyd and uh, Alonzo, 
from uh, the Mets, but you know Bell has been the best player, and he's been you know drafted in a similar area. So I, I do have him in every league. He was a target in every league, and I'm very happy that I own him. <laughs> I just wish I paired him with more Bellinger than Correa. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Bellinger, I mean, you were very high on him before the year. I remember, I think it was the labor draft. The price was going up and up, and you just kept going. If I'm not mistaken, I think you went up spending 36 bucks. People probably said, what is he doing? He's crazy. Uh, you might have underpaid for him. So uh, you were very high on Bellinger going into the year, and he just continues to crush. What did you see in Bellinger that made you say, I'm going all in on this guy and I'm going to keep paying. You know, a lot of people would have bailed, uh, backed out and uh, it seemed like you weren't going to stop until you got him. Yeah, especially that. I wanted a one player. And I, you know, the chance of a guy that could hit 40 home runs and steal 15 bases and, you know, he was a young player and, his, you know, his batting average could improve. But, I, I mean, I pretty much expected him to be, you know, a neutral 270, 280 hitter. Um, but I, I definitely, with how how tall he is in his swing, I thought his home runs were for real. And he was, you know, he he was running really really well, and you know doesn't get caught that much. So I saw it, thought it was pretty easy. The steals would be there for him. So um, just team structure when you're building a you know a a, um, a fantasy team, you know having sp- uh, speed at first base is is a good quality, and you know, he fit really well for what I wanted to do. And you know he's kind of a guy that I. You know, somebody questioned me why I had him as the number one ranked first baseman. I'm like, he's you know, he's the best player, and I explained why to him, his home run rate and everything, and, and I ended up coming in through, and I didn't overinflate what I was doing when I was doing the projection. The Brewers are likely going to call up Travis Shaw next week. He really hasn't hit in his rehab assignment. Kesson here has done a nice job at second base. What do you think happens with Joshua, and is he worth picking up in deeper leagues just to see if he can get playing time? Maybe they put him back at first base. It's not like Jesus Aggie or Eric Thames are doing much. Yeah, I mean, I have him in uh, two of the high-dollar leagues that I was partners with. He wanted him as the second baseman, and he was kind of fading speed. And uh, Chuck Fitwell, I wish he would have gone after Moustakas because, you know, he ended up going to qualify at second, too. But, um it's just uh, he's frustrating. He was out of sync for sure, um, you know. But you know, thirty home runs from last year. I mean, so what have we got? Two months of the season. If he could hit, you know, fifteen to eighteen home runs the rest of the way, he's going to help fantasy teams. And he usually takes a few walks and approaches difference. But he, he, something definitely wasn't right to start the year. So he should rebound. And uh, he's probably owned in fifteen team leagues. But in a twelve team, you might want to, you know, see something happen. Or unless you have an injury. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go chasing for him because you know, there's no reason to put in a guy slumping guy when they, you can pick up somebody that's probably hot right now. Talking to Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com. You know, Lourdes Gurriel started the year with the Blue Jays, struggled, didn't play great defensively, sent them down to the minor leagues. Ever since he's been called up, he's been hitting, uh, hitting for some power, playing the outfield now, so should get that eligibility. He was obviously picked up in a lot of deeper formats last week, but is he someone that you think is a fixture in the lineup the rest of the year, and if you have them at the middle infield spot, you can just kind of leave them in the lineup the rest of the way? Yeah, he, he definitely fits better in the middle of your lineup uh, as, as a middle infielder or a second baseman or even shortstop, you know, but you still have to, you know, make sure your team's structured to get enough speed somewhere else because, you know, if you don't get it from the middle infield, it's kind of tough, you know, to, co- to cover it all. So as an outfielder, he's probably not an edge, but an infielder, I, I view him as, you know, a pretty good player and, you know, some sharp guys, if they got him a week before he got called up, were rewarded pretty good. I know he was pretty expensive to pick up this week. And uh, I know some, you know, a friend of mine uh, dropped him and paid $170 to get him back. But he probably should have hung on to him. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, he went for $268 in one of my leagues. I was like, wow. Um, but I guess it all comes down to need, how much money you have left. And some people felt like, hey, uh, they're going to go for it and put him in there. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, a bad start yesterday. His ERA is approaching five. A lot of the underlying numbers look good, but uh, any concern here for Carrasco, or do you think he will turn it around? Yeah, he's been really kind of erratic. He shows flashes of greatness, and then he kind of really struggles and kind of disappoints. And I mean, you know, maybe it's an overall, overall team for you know Cleveland just isn't the same as it was last year. Even Bowers, you know, kind of disappointing. So, um, you know, he should be a steady, um, you know, arm with an ERA. You know, should be able to approach you know the the low threes, maybe even break that. But, uh, you know, it's just his, his overall start to the year is kind of disappointing. And then, you know, hopefully he finds a – puts eight to ten stacks together where he corrects his numbers. Mike Fulton-Newich has also been one of the biggest disappointments this year. He's a lot of ton of home runs, ten home runs at 33 and a third innings. He was better in his last start. Uh, is this the time where he starts to turn it around? You know, maybe not pitching much in the spring. It's taking him some time to get going. Uh, do you see him turning in a, a good rest of the season? Well, he's set up. He's set up tonight. Though probably people will have him in the daily games because he's facing what Detroit at home tonight. That's coming off a great game, so he'll probably set everybody up for a big fall and get racked. But you know, he he definitely looked better last game. He made some progress. You know, he he looks like he's on the right track. And you know, hopefully that uh, you know, if you own him, you can you can, you can get some uh, you know, really good innings after you know a really really bad start to the year. Uh, Tyler Molly, we were talking about him earlier in the show. Eight of his ten starts have come on the road this year, and obviously that's good pitching in that ballpark. Uh, he's coming off his worst start against the Cubs, but overall the numbers have been pretty good. As the starts at home pick up, is he still someone that we can trust going forward? Yeah, I think so. We saw him pitch pretty good against the Dodgers at home in that game. So he just said, you know, if he's given up home runs, which he did in that game, you know, that was a problem last year. Um, you know, home runs, give up a few home runs, and start walking a few more batters. You know, he could could push in the wrong direction. But he looks like a guy that was going to, you know, probably reach maybe in the mid threes in the ERA. And just, uh, you know, he had kind of had that setback. And hopefully he can bounce back in this game. But, he, you know, like you said, it is at home, which is a more hitter-favorable uh, ballpark. Well, I pretty much almost everyone is in need of saves. If you're not, then you're in good shape. And, you know, there's not many options out there right now. It, does it, If you get desperate and you see Sean Armstrong closing for Baltimore, would you take a shot or you say, you know what, it's just a bad bullpen, bad team. I don't even want to waste my time. I mean, you usually don't want to say that about any team, but I feel like there are a few teams like that this year, maybe even Kansas City. I know Ian Kennedy got a save city. He was his third. So you have these guys in your lineup, and they're not getting saves. Uh, but there are desperate teams out there. So would you take a shot on Sean Armstrong, or do you think it's just not worth wait, uh, investing the time and, and putting him in your lineup on a weekly basis? No, nah, I'm not chasing. They're not going to win enough games. I don't. I don't want any anybody at this point in Kansas City or even Seattle. All three of those teams, you don't know what's going to happen. Even Kennedy, you thought he was going to be a closer, and the way they were using him in mop-up roles, who knows? But you know, Armstrong just doesn't. He doesn't have a resume for me, and I think that you know it ended up being a disaster. And, Orioles just aren't a good team, and they ain't gonna, they're not going to win a lot of good game, a lot of games. So saves are going to be slow, and uh, you might as well just get the strikeouts and wins, and just try to you know mine for a guy that's behind somebody that's going to get traded, if, you know, close to the All Star break. Do you know how many saves the Mariners have this month? And they can't have much because <laughs> I keep flipping them. 
one save this month. Elias had a seven-out save. That is it. I mean, it's crazy that they have had one save this month. And I got to think once Hunter Strickland comes back and looks like he's throwing, that he's got to get that job back at this point because no one has been able to, to do anything. Yeah, their bullpen's been frustrating, and they just, you know, they said, you know, eventually caught up to them, and they, you know, they started losing more games, you know, and they they were scoring a ton of runs early to make it easy, but, you know, now that they're losing games, you know, the bats are kind of tightening up, and then, uh, you know, they just don't have the guys at the back end of the bullpen. All right, let people know what you got going on this weekend at Full-Time Fantasy. All right, I'm going to... Working on the Kansas City Chiefs, trying to find out if Patrick Mahomes is a player to avoid this year. You know, and then uh, you know we'll follow up for some more uh, things next week, and we get the waiver wire report, and, uh, projections at the end of the year. So we're we're doing pretty good now. All right, Sean, thanks a lot for the time. Good luck this weekend in Fab. All right, we'll touch you. Again, that is Sean Childs. Check out all his work, great content at FullTimeFantasy.com. When we return, we'll give you some news and look at lineups at. For baseball tonight, that is ahead full-time fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DDFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here on a Friday afternoon, last day of May. I don't know where the time goes. These first five months of the year have flown by, as it usually does. And we are counting down. We got about a little over eight hours before May Madness ends. And you're like, what is May Madness? Well, it's the Fantasy Football World Championships where... In May Madness, if you place your $200 deposit on your world championship teams, those who put that deposit down earn an entry into a May Madness giveaway. So if you 
Win that giveaway, you get a free World Championship entry valued at $1,795. So if you already know you're playing and you just don't know what date, what time yet, or you know what you're going to do, it doesn't matter. Just put the deposit down. At least give your shot to get into this entry to earn a free one. Many of you play multiple, whether it's four, five, or six, maybe even more. So you just pluck down your $200. You don't even need to set your draft date or time yet. But you get entered into that giveaway. So head on over, play ffwc.com, and enter it now, whether you're doing it online or live in Las Vegas at the Palms, first weekend of the fantasy football season. I'll be out there along with Dr. Otto and Sean Childs. We'll hang out, we'll have drinks, we'll play some wagers, we'll hit the town, whatever it is. It's always a good time. Last year, we were in the real world suite. I never even watched that show, so I don't even know. But uh, it was uh, definitely a good time, and uh, looking forward to being back there. So make sure you check it out, playffwc.com. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Rams minus three and they cover the spread by six points, you'll receive six times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. It's definitely an interesting concept and also test you know, your knowledge and how confident you are. I mean, if you were all over the Raptors last night and you had the minus one, and they win by double digits, uh, you get a nice uptick on your bet. So make sure you check it out. Definitely interesting concept uh, for sure. Uh, let's take a look at some of the news right now. Tommy Pham is not in the lineup today for the Rays. He left yesterday's game uh, with uh, some leg soreness. So he had an MRI. It came back clean. They're saying it's just a cramp. Uh, there was some talk that he would be back today, but you can understand the Rays playing it safe here and sitting him. So you'll uh, have to make a decision on uh, where you can make changes on Friday, what to do uh, with him. But he's definitely out today. The Rays have also activated Mike Zanino off the injured list. So originally they said he was going to be out like more than a month. He made it back in three weeks with a strained left quad. So... Uh, Zanino, pretty good defensively, too, so this helps the pitching staff. As far as a bat offensively, you know, look, it's a good raise lineup. He's not going to hit for average. He's always a low average guy, but he's got pop. You know, he is a guy that can hit 20 home runs, so uh, he's probably dropped in a lot of leagues. I know the one league I had him was the 12 team I had to drop him. I'm not holding a third catcher. Uh, the only time I would do that is a Gary Sanchez, JT Romuto, if they go down. Otherwise, not holding three catchers, uh, so he could be out there. And uh, the Yankee, uh, the Red Sox have made changes in their pitching staff as well. So Rick Porcello will start tomorrow against the Yankees. And David Price will pitch against the Yankees on Sunday. Pretty interesting they're doing that. David Price has a terrible history against the Yankees. But what this means is Eduardo Rodriguez is getting pushed back. So he'll get several days rest. Remember the game was rained out yesterday. Uh, I guess it's a good thing for Rodriguez. Uh, he was supposed to go at Yankee Stadium instead. He'll get a two-star week next week. He'll go at Kansas City and home to Tampa Bay. So, 
You were going to get a two-star week this week. Doesn't happen. But I think right now, avoiding the Yankees is probably a good thing with the way they're hitting. Uh, so uh, probably going to wind up, you would think, better for Rodriguez owners. And I do have Rodriguez in one league. Uh, let's take a look at tonight's lineups here as we help you get set for your regular season and DFS. Because remember, uh, in leagues like the NFBC, you can make changes to your lineup today. And it's very important that you look at that. You know, you got a three-game sample here. You could play the matchups. Uh, injuries are a factor as well. So very important to make the wise decisions here. All right, so we got all-night baseball tonight. We kick it off with the Brewers in Pittsburgh. Jules Chassin against Chris Archer for the Brewers. Lorenzo Cain leads it off playing center field. Christian Yelich in right field batting second. Ryan Braun's in left field hitting third. Mike Moustakis, who had two more home runs yesterday, and I loved Moustakis before the year. You know, you knew he was going to get eligibility at second base, and he get a, gets a full year in this Milwaukee ballpark, which is great for left-handed power. Hitting in the middle of the lineup, I was just I was surprised at how low he went in success. And I know he doesn't steal bases, but you know this is a guy I thought could hit 35 home runs, maybe even 40 this year. And with that said, I only have him in like one or two leagues. But I made sure in my last draft, like the last draft the day before the year, like I got to get Mustakas, and it was a 12-team league, and I did get him, and uh, uh, he's been tremendous this year. Uh, Yasmani Grandal at catcher, hitting fifth. Uh, Keston Hura at second base hitting sixth. Jesus Aguiar at first base hitting seventh. Orlando Arcee is the shortstop hitting eighth. And Shasin on the mound batting ninth. So I am interested to see what they do with Travis Shaw because I don't think they're going to bench Hura. I think there's a good chance you might see Shaw at first base. Maybe he's in a platoon with Aguiar where Aguiar goes against lefties, Shaw in there against righties. Uh, not that Shaw has done much at the minor leagues but in his rehab, but interested to see what they do there. For the Pirates, Kevin Newman leads it off playing shortstop. Gregory Polanco's in right field hitting second. Starling Marte's in center field hitting third. Josh Bell's the cleanup spot at first base. Brian Reynolds, uh, he's been really hitting really well, getting playing time. Looks like Melky Cabrera's losing some time here. Reynolds is in left field hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base hitting sixth. Jacob Stallings, the catcher, hitting seventh. Adam Frazier at second base hitting eighth. He was once in the leadoff spot. They've been uh, moving him down to the bottom of the order recently. And Archer on the mound, batting ninth. They will play this game tonight. Great weather in New York. It'll be the Red Sox and Yankees. Chris Sale against Jay Happ, the matchup that was supposed to take place last night. Mookie Betts leads it off playing right field for the Red Sox. Andrew Benintendi in left field, batting second. J.D. Martinez, the DH, hitting third. Xander Bogarts at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Rafael Devers at third base, hitting fifth. Steve Pierce at first base, hitting sixth. Eduardo Nunez at second base, hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, hitting eighth. And Sandy Leone at catcher, hitting ninth. So I guess they uh, were intent on getting Michael Chavis a day off because he wasn't in the lineup yesterday. He's not in there today. For the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu at second base leads it off. Luke Voigt's at first base, hitting second. Aaron Hicks in center field, hitting third. Wrote about Aaron Hicks in the stock watch. So if you want to know what to do with him, Check it out, fulltimefantasy.com. Gary Sanchez is the cleanup hitter at catcher. Glaber Torres, a shortstop, batting fifth. Kendrys Morales, the DH, hitting sixth. Gio Ursula at third base, hitting seventh. Cameron Mabin in right field, hitting eighth. And Brett Gardner in left field, batting ninth. The Giants are in Baltimore. It'll be Drew Pomerantz against Andrew Kashner. 
for the Giants. Joe Panic leads it off at second base. Mike Yuskremski at left field hitting second. Buster Posey is the catcher hitting third. Brandon Belt, first base hitting cleanup. So he goes into a really good ballpark against the right-hander. He's got elite power in Camden Yards. Uh, could be a fun weekend for him. Pablo Sandoval is the DH hitting fifth. Evan Longoria is at third base hitting sixth. Brandon Crawford at shortstop hitting seventh. Kevin Pillar in right field hitting eighth. And Steven Duger in center field batting ninth. For the Orioles, Hanser Alberto at third base leading it off. Jonathan Villars at second base hitting second. Trey Mancini is at first base hitting third. The red hot Reynado Nunez is the DH hitting cleanup. Pedro Severino is a catcher hitting fifth. DJ Stewart in right field hitting sixth. Keon Broxton in center field batting seventh. Dwight Smith in left field hitting eighth. And Richie Martin at shortstop batting ninth. The Nationals in Cincinnati to take on the Reds. Patrick Corbin against Tyler Molly. For the Nationals, Trey Turner at shortstop leads it off. Adam Eaton in right field bats second. Anthony Rendon at third base hitting third. Juan Soto in left field hitting cleanup. He's in a good spot tonight for DFS going up against a right-hander who struggles against lefties in a hitter-friendly ballpark. Howie Kendricks at second base batting fifth. Matt Adams at first base hitting sixth. Victor Robles in center field batting seventh. Jan Gomes, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Patrick Corbin on the mound batting ninth. For the Reds, Nick Senzel leads it off in center field. Joey Votto returns to the lineup after missing a few days with a hamstring issue. He's at first base. Eugenio Suarez also back in the lineup after leaving a game on Wednesday getting hit by a pitch, but the MRI came back clean. He's at third base. Yasiel Puig in right field hitting cleanup. Jose Iglesias at shortstop hitting fifth. Kurt Casale is the catcher hitting sixth. Jose Peraza is in the lineup playing left field, batting seventh. So he might be getting some outfield eligibility soon, but... The at-bats are a little bit of a concern for him right now with the red-hot Derek Dietrich, who sits tonight going up against the tough left-hander against Patrick Corbin. And remember, Scooter Jeanette could be back in a couple weeks as well. Kyle Farmers at second base, hitting eighth. Tyler Molly on the mound, batting ninth. Twins and Rays. It'll be Jose Barrios against the opener, Ryan Stanek. And then Jalen Beeks will follow. Max Kepler leads it off playing right field. Jorge Polanco is the DH hitting second. He was out yesterday due to an illness. Williams Astadio is the catcher hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field hitting cleanup. CJ Crone at first base hitting fifth. Marwin Gonzalez starts at short. He's hitting sixth. Miguel Sano at third base hitting seventh. Jonathan Scope at second base hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field hitting ninth. Thank goodness Byron Buxton was in the lineup the other day. He did get hurt a couple days ago crashing into the wall again which he tends to do, and you'll love the fact that he plays hard, but, man, he's got to be careful with this fence. So uh, he said he was all right, and he was in the lineup yesterday uh, and back in there today, so a good sign there for Buxton owners. For the Rays, Austin Meadows on fire right now. He leads it off at DH. Brandon Lau in left field batting second. Willie Adamas at shortstop hitting third. They've been moving him up in the order. I uh, thought it was mostly because of lefties, but he's in there against a righty batting third. G-Man Choi at first base hitting cleanup. Christian Arroyo at third base hitting fifth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field batting sixth. Daniel Robertson at second base hitting seventh. Mike Zunino back in the lineup activated off the injured list. He's the catcher hitting eighth. And Guillermo Heredia in right field batting ninth. Tigers in Atlanta take on the Braves. Spencer Turnbull against Mike Fulton-Newich. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum leads it off playing shortstop. Christian Stewart in left field batting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting third. Miguel Cabrera at first base hitting cleanup. 
Brandon Dixon at second base hitting fifth. Heimer Candelario at third base hitting sixth. Grayson Griners at the catcher position hitting seventh. Jacoby Jones at center field hitting eighth. And Spencer Turnbull on the mound batting ninth. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna leads it off playing center field. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field batting fifth. Austin Riley in left field hitting sixth. Brian McCanns, the catcher, batting seventh. Ozzy Albies hitting eighth. And Fulton Newich on the mound batting ninth. Kansas City's in Texas. It'll be Danny Duffy on the mound for the Royals. And he will take on Ariel Jurado for the Rangers. Shinsu Chu leads it off at DH. Elvis Andrews at shortstop batting second. Hunter Pence in left field hitting third. No more Mazzara in right field hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in center field batting fifth. Logan Forsythe at first base hitting sixth. Estrubal Cabrera at third base hitting seventh. Danny Santana at second base hitting eighth. So Rugnet Odor gets the day off against the lefty. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is the catcher batting ninth. Cleveland's in Chicago to take on the White Sox. Trevor Bauer, who has struggled his last few starts, he'll oppose Dylan Covey. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leads it off. Playing center field, Yoan Moncada's at third base, batting second. Jose Abreu's at first base, hitting third. Yonder Alonso's the DH hitting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez in left field, batting fifth. Charlie Tilson in right field, hitting sixth. Tim Anderson at shortstop, batting seventh. Yolmer Sanchez, the second baseman, hitting eighth. And Sebi Zavala at catcher, batting ninth. Uh, also tonight, we got the Cubs and Cardinals. It'll be Hugh Darvish against Miles Michaelis. The Blue Jays in Colorado, Edwin Jackson against Herban Marquez. Marquez doesn't pitch as well at home. Those home road splits are pretty stark, but he does get Toronto, not the worst matchup in the world. The Mets are in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. It'll be Zach Wheeler against John Duplantier. He might not go deep into this game, so keep that in mind if you're looking to use him in DFS. For the Diamondbacks, Jared Dyson leads it off playing center field. Cattell Marte is at second base, batting second. Eduardo Escobar is at third base, hitting third. Adam Jones in right field, hitting cleanup. Christian Walker's at first base, hitting fifth. Tim Locastro in left field, batting sixth. Nick Ahmed is at shortstop, hitting seventh. Alex Avila is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Duplantier on the mound, batting ninth. The Astros are in Oakland. It'll be Brad Peacock against Matt Fires. Angels in Seattle. Tyler Skaggs against Mike Leake. Marlins in San Diego. Caleb Smith against Joey Lucchese. Phillies in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Jake Arrieta against Kenta Maeda. So a busy slate there tonight in MLB. And a uh, quick look here at uh, some two-star pitchers. I'll uh, give you a little preview of what's ahead in the article this weekend. And again, uh, we already have a couple of changes here uh, with uh, the Red Sox making those changes. Uh, it'll push Eduardo Rodriguez to a two-star week next week. And... Uh, not the worst matchups, definitely compared to what you were going to get uh, this week at Yankee Stadium at Kansas City, home to Tampa Bay. So probably, again, not the easiest matchups, uh, but better than facing the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Uh, some interesting guys this week. Griffin Canning has a two-start week. He's at Chicago, home to Seattle. You know, Zach Davies, we talked about him earlier in the week, how you know he continues to pitch well, even though we don't see it, but... He's got a home start against the Marlins at home to Pittsburgh, so not bad starts this week. Pablo Lopez is interesting. He's at Milwaukee and home to Atlanta. Pitches way better at home, much better at home, and he's in a tough spot on the road at Milwaukee. So 
Uh, you know, the wins are going to be difficult to come by, but he's actually pitched pretty well. Wade Miley just continues to pitch well. He's at Seattle and home to Baltimore. So pretty good matchups this week. If you have him, you're getting him in there. Uh, Frankie Montas coming off his worst start of the year. He's at the Angels and at Texas. So that Texas start is tough, but the way he's pitching, though, uh, I think you want to get him in there. And Dylan Bundy's pitched very well lately, but I don't see how you could use him this week. At Texas and at Houston, those are real tough matchups. So in any other week, I'd probably say, yeah, and I used him in DFS this past week because he has been better, but two really tough starts this week. That wraps it up here. Don't forget, May Madness ends at midnight Eastern. So head on over to playffwc.com. Get in your $200 deposit, and you can qualify to be in a drawing where the winner gets a free entry into the World Championship. Check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have that two-star pitcher article up for you either tomorrow or Sunday morning. Hope you guys have a great week, and I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.